0: greenie with mike greenberg the podcast
1: why does america keep doubting the miami heat why does america keep doubting the miami heat chris carland freddie coleman in for Greeny today On ESPN Radio and on the ESPN app, Frederick Arthur Coleman. How are you? (laughs)
0: Frederick Arthur Coleman? I didn't realize they changed my name. No problem, Christopher Carlin. How you doing, my brother? (laughs) I'm I'm good. I'm good. Not as good as the
1: Heat, who find a way to get one out in Denver. We are on ESPN Radio, Sirius XM Channel 80, on your smart speaker as well. Presented by Progressive Insurance. Let's get rolling. Here we go! Go! go.
0: Only one place to start.
1: Denver Ball! They got two timeouts. They're down three. They're not going to use the timeout. Here's Murray at the top. Butler defending with four. Murray stepped back for the
0: tie at three. No good. Rebound Miami. They need to won it. 111-108. Miami with the win. And the series is tied at one
1: you're on ESPN Radio. Every game of the NBA Finals is right here on ESPN Radio as the Miami Heat win it 111 to 108. And, you know, they came back. They had a tremendous, tremendous fourth quarter, down eight going into the fourth, Freddie. Uh, and they were able to take a commanding 12 point lead at one point. But the, even still, the Nuggets not going away. But this is ultimately the Miami Heat mm-hmm. in a nutshell. Yep. It is. Adapt, figure out what the other team is doing, make adjustments and go from there. It's why I felt like all along they had a better chance to win game two. And last night we saw exactly what Eric Spolster and company do exceptionally well. What do we have to do to really take away the strengths of that team Let Nikola Jokic go and score 40, and we'll worry about the rest.
0: Well, I'll say this about Eric Sposter, Chris. He tried to downplay that whole thing, saying, well, if anybody says that we just wanted to make him a scorer, you don't know anything about basketball. Spo, baby, we know the deal. We know the landscape because he's really, really good at understanding what his team needs and what his team needs to hear him say. So anything he's going to say is going to be on behalf of his basketball team. It's not about him. It's not about look at me, look at me, look we've done. It's about. What can our team do to make sure that we're always going to be the best possible team, no matter what the previous outcome was? We saw that once again last night by Miami winning game two, and nobody thought they could do that after what happened in game one. Here's Polster exactly with that
2: sentiment. This is probably oversimplifying things, but sometimes when teams play against Jokic, you turn him into a scorer, you turn him into a passer, and he controls the game. He only had four assists tonight. Yeah, that, that, that's ridiculous.
3: That's the untrained eye that, that says something like that. This guy's an incredible player. Twice in two seasons, he's been the best player on this planet. You can't just say, oh, make him a score. That's not how they play. They they have so many different actions that just get you compromised. We have to focus on what we do. You know, we try to do things the
2: hard way. Um, and he requires you to do many things the hard way. Man, we He has our full respect.
1: So it was just a, a mm-hmm. coincidence that all of a sudden mm-hmm. he only ends up with four assists last
0: mm-hmm. night.
1: Uh, come on. And it's not about not having his full respect. Yeah. It's about... What is the best way to beat that team? And the best way to beat that team is not allowing Jokic, Freddie, I'm convinced is the best passer in the league, okay. to not let everybody else get hot, get involved, get going early. We saw it with Porter, who was awful. And we saw it with Jamal Murray. And obviously, that was a big focal point of the game plan. It's not about oversimplifying. It's about what you did. And We all know nobody can stop Jokic. It's right. just about how to... Really, best play him so that you're not getting crushed.
0: I'm going to trample on what you just said, Chris. The Miami he told everybody who was paying attention, whether you're a basketball mind, whether you're a basketball pinky in the brain, whatever that is. They told us last night, not that they don't fear Nikola Jokic, but they're not going to let Jamal Murray go off. They basically told everybody who was somebody, hey, we know we can't stop this guy. He he's going to get his forty. Like back in the day when you're going – some guys just are going to get it. They're going to have their say. But Miami Heat last night told everybody, as great as Nikola Jokic is, we can't stop We'll throw this guy at him. We'll throw Tyler Zeller, Kevin Love, Bam Adebayo, Jimmy Butler. But they looked at Jamal Murray and said, we cannot allow you to be that blue arrow like you were in game one. We cannot allow you to do to us what you did to Phoenix, what you did to the Lakers. They're not saying that Jamal Murray is the most important guy, but they're saying that there's going to be a snake – the head of the snake is him mm-hmm. more than Nikola Jokic because we know we can't stop him, but it's a lot easier to slow down and stop a Jamal Murray more than a guy that's a seminal player like Nikola Jokic. Do you
1: know who agrees with you? Who's oh, that? Steve Kerr. Really? The Warriors head coach. Here he is on Draymond Green's podcast. You know, you mentioned them starting in love. Uh, that allowed Jimmy Butler to guard Murray. Mm-hmm. And to me, it was like, you know, I haven't talked to Spo or anything like that, but I can see them in their coaches meetings saying... Murray's the head of the snake
3: if you just look at it you go well Jokic is the head of the snake when mm-hmm. you play a team you sort of realize wait a second he's going to dominate no matter what we do so yeah. we got this is the head of the snake
1: and I think they just decided Murray's the guy we got to stop so you start love put Jimmy Butler on Murray and then you saw like they were blitzing Murray quite a bit yeah. and uh, really trying everything to take him out of the game and to that point Freddie the Nuggets are 0-3 in the postseason when Jokic scores 40 or more. Mm-hmm. And it's not about Jokic not being great. Of course, he's amazing. Right. It, it's about taking away an aspect of his game that is perhaps more damaging than him scoring.
0: You made the comment, Chris, about him being the best passer in the game. I completely agree with you. And a big part of that is where you get the ball to guys. Some guys are great assist getters, and some guys are great passers. For example, a guy like Magic Johnson was a great passer. It wasn't just about getting the guys and so they can just go up and get a layup. He knew exactly what to deliver the basketball. Nicola Yolks is kind of like a different version of Magic Johnson. We haven't seen a center ever that can start the break like he can, or if you double team him, he knows exactly who and where to get the basketball to them. And Miami looked at that and said, man, he was killing us, but he was allowing other people to bite us like spiders. So we're not going to let that. If you're going to be the main Spider-Man, if you're going to be the Spider-Verse, so be it. We're not going to have three or four different Spider-Men all around Gotham to take care of the villains by them making that move and Denver not being able to step up. And they were down by 15 points at one point by eight points, another point, but they did not allow Nicole Jokic to beat them by having other people help him. Part of the genius that he is on the basketball court.
1: Chris Carlin, Freddie Coleman in for greeny on ESPN radio and on the ESPN app. Here's the flip side. Okay. Michael Malone was really, really not happy with what he termed, his team's
4: effort last Let's night. talk about effort. I mean, this is NBA Finals, and we're talking about effort. That's a huge concern of mine. You know, and you guys thought I was just making up some storyline after game one when I said we didn't play well. We didn't play well. And tonight, you know, that, the starting line- lineup to start the game, is 10-2 Miami, start the third quarter. They scored 11 points in 2 minutes and 10 seconds. And we just got, you know, we had guys out there that were just, whether well, feeling sorry for themselves or not making shots or thinking they can just turn it on or off, This is not the preseason. It's not the regular season. It's not round. This is the NBA finals. And that, to me, is really, really perplexing, disappointing.
1: Look, the Nuggets have never been a great defensive team. Mm -hmm. But if they play serviceable defense, they're going to win more than enough games with how they score offensively. problem is, Freddie, I think that's part of it, is that if guys don't have their shots falling, they're maybe suffering a little bit on the defensive end. But... They're not scoring as well in this series because Miami has tightened them up. Mm-hmm. My, through two, two games, they've only scored 212 points. That's happened just one other time here in the postseason during a two-game stretch. And that is a winning formula to beat the Denver Nuggets. And Michael Malone is not wrong. Right. And, and if you're wondering, like, wow, he's taking his team out. He does that a lot. And yeah. That's nothing new from Michael Malone.
0: Well, Michael Malone's an old-school, new-school coach. You know exactly how to get your message across, and to me, that was a message to two particular guys, in my opinion. Jamal Murray, who had a lot of defensive lapses last night, and no question, that was a message to Michael Porter Jr. Michael Porter Jr. shot 16 shots in game one. Only made five of them, but he was really engaged defensively because he was getting the basketball. He also had 10 rebounds. He was engaged at both ends of the floor. I think Mike Malone looked at Michael Porter Jr. and said, I can't have you feeling sorry for yourself because... We got a guy, we got a bunch of guys over there playing an angry teenage who didn't get Taylor Swift concert tickets. We can't allow you to go out there and just go through the motions because that team is not going to back down. That was a message to tell both of those guys more to Michael Porter Jr., in my opinion, than Jamal Murray because Jamal Murray kept battling, wasn't making shots. Michael Porter Jr. wasn't engaged offensively. He just completely just gave it up on defensive, on the defensive end. And Michael Porter, Michael Malone said, dude, we can't have that from you. I thought that was a message more to him and Jamal Murray than anybody else. With
1: all of that said, they still had the ball with a chance to win the game. Or a chance to tie the game. Still had the ball with a chance to tie the game. Mm-hmm. So it begs this question. Okay. Can the Miami Heat actually win this series? Freddie, I'm not there.
0: You're not there? Why are not you, there. Why, why aren't you I, there? I thought
1: they would win game two. Okay. I think there is not the disparity in coaching that there was in the conference finals with sure. Joe Mazula and Eric Spolstra. Right. Because I do think Malone will have them ready to go, and I'll be stunned if they don't get at least one in Miami. Mm -hmm. I know we keep talking about the more talented teams and why they're better Uh and why the Heat should lose. Come on now. I'm not bailing on it yet. You're not? I'm not bailing on it. Listen, I I thought the Heat would make this a good series, but I'm not going to sit here and tell you that they can win. I can't can't say it
0: yet. I can't say it. Well, to that point, they won't face a team as goofy – like the Boston Celtics. I call the Celtics the goofy Celtics ever since they had the best record in January because yeah. they just played up and down in too sporadic a time. So the Denver Nuggets are not a goofy basketball team like the one that Miami he had a 3 nothing lead on. Then they found a way to have a game seven before they ran away and hit from Boston. But because of Miami, of who they are and their belief system, it goes beyond heat culture. That's why so many people believed in this series that Miami could get at least two games. And it's due to the fact that they're not as talented man for man with the Denver Nuggets. But because of that guy on that bench called Eric Spolster and what they are able to buy in with him, that's why I think it's more than a puncher's chance for this team that they can win this series. And that's not based on last night. I've just seen this way too many times where people want to throw dirt on the Miami Heat and the next thing you know, they're like Dracula coming out of the coffin and they're terrorizing Transylvania in the countryside all over again. Because they all buy in and they're really, really good at whatever you do. They take that away. It's very hard to take away what they do. And that is effort. That is maximum ability. And they play so well and connected together.
1: Chris Carlin, Freddie Coleman, in for Greenie, presented by Progressive Insurance. Protect your family, your phone, and your furry friends with life, electronic device, and pet health insurance. Cam and Bubba
0: Uh-oh.
1: are already killing you.
0: Why? It's not up. the first time. Oh,
1: no, it's not the first time. But Won't be the last time either. Here, here's why.
0: We're not going to have like, three or four different Spider-Men all around Gotham to take care of the villains.
1: Gotham, apparently. Well, no, Gotham is Batman. And Spider-Man, what town is Spider-Man? I don't even know. He's in
0: again. like New York City. But, in, but do we really know if he's in New York City, though? And what do they call New York? Gotham.
1: No, that's in Batman. Now we're getting into
0: semantics. Yeah, getting, no, how many times have you heard when New York City always looked, always about Gotham?
1: But that's in Batman, not Spider Man. It's a different I, world. I mean, Freddie, that does sound
0: like a little cop out on your. <laughs> it's not a cop out. I'm just trying to explain it away. All right, you want to? You feel better? Like all the Spider-Man in New York City, Bubba and Cam, you feel better now? Now yeah. we got logistically and geographically correct. Now and you guys feel better now? All the Spider-Man
4: that. in Denver and Miami.
0: Yeah, and <laughs> is Spider-Man technically from Queens, <laughs> <laughs> isn't that where Peter Parker? was That's from? where Peter Parker is from, from Queens. <laughs> yes. He's from Queens. Probably, He's from Queens. He's probably He's a Mets fan. Where poor Uncle Ben, you know, he decided not to help out Uncle Ben, and the guy got away and killed this poor Uncle Ben, and it happened in Queens.
1: Yeah, see, he knows his stuff.
0: So there, I Mr. forgot the so-so. guy's name was Uncle Ben. Mm-hmm. I forgot all about that. Yeah,
1: listen. Right away, Cam, like within seconds of you saying, Uh, Yes, uh, 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 I'm sorry, Spider Man, uh, uh, yeah, that's not Gotham.
0: Now, I, in my ear now heaven forbid if i said bury
1: you right away right,
0: now heaven forbid if i said spider-man was in metropolis the whole dc <laughs> superman thing they we have a whole oh nother discussion God. with cam
1: cam are you are you a huge superhero guy i, I wouldn't say huge but i right. literally just saw before the finals last night the
4: new uh into the spider-verse uh, is it good uh, so that's uh, why. very very good so it was top of mind that's why okay yeah sorry freddie
0: no don't be sorry i don't <laughs> mind being called correct I'm good with that, although I'll pay my dues you can at a certain point when we see each other face-to-face. <laughs> I'm
1: sure. Freddie and Carlin in for Greeny ESPN Radio. You can watch Greeny on the ESPN app as well. Just click on watch, look for Greeny, and enjoy. In just moments, can the Miami Heat actually pull this off? Can they beat the Denver Nuggets? 888-SAY-ESPN. Lines are open for you now. 888 729 three seven seven six plus we will ask that very question to one of our experts in just moments freddie coleman chris carlin and for granny espn radio series 6m channel 80
4: every time or your money back because with ebay motors you're burning rubber not cash with all the parts you need at the prices you want it's easy to turn your car into the mvp and bring home that win keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com eligible items only exclusions apply
3: it's demon time on prize picks where you can now win up to 100 times your money that's right 100 times your money types are what make prize picks the number one daily fantasy sports app go to prizepicks.com slash greenberg and use code greenberg for a first deposit match up to 100 that's prizepicks.com slash greenberg code greenberg for a first deposit match up to 100
2: prize picks pick more pick less it's that easy this show is sponsored by BetterHelp. do you ever wonder what you would do if you had unlimited hours in the day Would you pick up a new hobby or focus on one you've neglected lately? Would you spend time with those people you haven't seen in a while? Well, there's a chance if you've considered having more time in the day, you're too overworked, stressed, and you haven't spent enough time focusing on yourself, that's where better help comes in. Therapy can be the spark to help you organize everything in your life and prioritize yourself. The journey of self-improvement isn't an easy one, but I believe when you devote time to your mental health, you become a better version of yourself. So let BetterHelp be your guide along the way. Give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online and designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist. You can even switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Greeny, today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp helpcom slash Greeny. Greeny, the podcast.
0: The NBA playoffs. It's the rolling out of bio for two-hand stuff.
1: And a bio set a tremendous screen and then
0: rolled to the bucket and a chance for three. You know, this is the finals. We got it out one uh, on that home court, so time to go back to the 305. Continuing coverage of the NBA playoffs. On Greeny with Mike Greenberg.
1: And they will go back in tow with a win. As they have stolen home court advantage. It is Freddie Coleman, Chris Carlin in for Greeny. On ESPN Radio and on the ESPN app, brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. Make every moment more. We welcome in Kirk Goldsberry, ESPN NBA analyst, former Spurs VP of Strategic Research. And Kirk, before we get going, uh, I want to play this for you. It's from Brian Windhorst today uh, on the theory uh, about the Windhorst, uh, not rather about the uh, Nuggets. Uh, defensive effort and why it wasn't where Michael Malone wanted it last night. Take a listen to this, Kirk.
4: There might be something to the Heat strategy of letting Jokic go ahead and score all the points, and that he is averaging 41 points this postseason in the Nuggets' losses. If I showed you the numbers, the Nuggets were still great on offense last night. It wasn't like they failed to score just because the Heat sort of forced Jokic into shooting. But there might be something about the Nuggets overall as a team where they're better defensively when everybody's involved, when they have more of a democratic process, because they were a little sluggish defensively last night, and Malone really got into them after the game. And we'll have to see how that plays out going into Game Three.
1: All right, Kirk, what's your take based on what you saw and what Wendy just had to say?
4: Yeah, I like it. I think uh, you know players feel like they're involved on offense; they might go a little harder on defense. I'd remind the audience that over the last three postseasons, guys, you know the Nuggets in a 16-team postseason tournament ranked 12th, 12th, and 16th in the last three postseasons in defensive efficiency. It's been their downfall for three straight playoff tournaments that they have not won. Uh, For one, I I think the team's weakness is defense. I thought last night that showed up with head-scratching fouls and allowing wide-open shots, but this time the Heat made. And I thought the biggest difference between game one and two was simply that Miami was taking advantage of those wide-open looks. Denver had a defensive limitation, and Miami exploited last night, and their three-point number really proved that to me.
0: Kirk, how much of that, what we saw from Denver, what you just mentioned about the lapses, the mental laps, especially on defense, how much of it do you think was overconfidence based on what they did the first three quarters of game one?
4: I think that's a great point. I think they, they got a little comfortable with Miami missing shots that they hadn't missed all postseason in game one. Remember, Miami, I think, was 5 of 16, on wide-open threes in Game 1. Mm-hmm. Uh, and last night they hit almost 50% of 35 threes, and suddenly they look like a different team, and suddenly you, you lose by three if you're Denver. Um, hanging it on a couple of players, I thought Contavius Caldwell-Pope, who has a really good defensive reputation, uh, was targeted in some pick-and-roll actions and was not great in those actions. And then Michael Porter Jr. Uh, was arguably the worst defensive performer last night. Uh, and he looked lost to k a bunch of wide open threes, That again, that was the story, especially in that fourth quarter. when Duncan Robinson comes out smoking. Uh, you cannot give up open looks to these guys uh, without, you know, risking losing a game.
1: Kirk Goldsberry, he is ESPN NBA analyst and former Spurs VP of Strategic Research. Chris Carlin, Freddie Coleman, in for Greeny today on ESPN Radio. So with all of that in mind, is Jamal Murray really the one to focus on if you're the Miami Heat as opposed to
4: Jokic? You know, the Nuggets need more from Jamal Murray. But you know who, who is, is a big story here, guys, with the, the, the first two games? is somebody named Jimmy Butler who wasn't guarding <laughs> Jamal Murray in game one. And then Eric Spolster is the other name I think we always need to bring up. A bunch of adjustments in game two. Kevin Love starts. Everybody's talking about that. Great move field there's no more Aaron Gordon dunks in the first quarter Uh, but the big one I thought that hasn't gotten enough attention was Jimmy was on Jamal and Jimmy Butler as good as he is on offense arguably a better defensive player just a hound and you guys know that and how good would any of us be if Jimmy Butler was our assignment uh, and we're trying to score the ball so Jamal Murray if he's going to get back in I think he is one of the key players obviously in the series to watch he's going to have to score some on Jimmy Buckets on D and that's That's easier said than done. I see nothing from game two that leads me to expect that Eric Spolster is not going to throw Butler at him in these Miami games in game three and four. So for Murray and this offense to get back on track, back to Wendy's point, if they're making the other dudes do it, it's going to be Jamal. And then that's going to have to be against Jimmy Butler.
0: Kirk, we were talking about this before the show between Chris and me about Jimmy Butler didn't have a great night offensively. He didn't score a lot of points but when they needed it in the fourth quarter, he was able to step up and make those shots. And Duncan Robinson was terrific, and Gabe Vincent and those guys. What does it say about Miami that they didn't have that bombastic game from Jimmy Butler, but other guys stepped up, which they didn't do in game
4: one? Yeah, I think it means that that old cliche part of he culture is the violation of that old NBA truism, role players don't show up on the road. Well, mm-hmm. these dudes do. Yeah. Um, Gabe Vincent, uh, Duncan Robinson, Max Strus. Those are the types to sort of catch-and-shoot guys that struggle on the road, and that kind of thing held true in game one, and it reversed in game two. But my favorite stat, what does this tell us about the Miami Heat? The Heat had their fourth win when trailing by eight-plus points, entering the fourth quarter this postseason. That's the most in any single postseason ever. The rest of the league is one in 41 in those predicaments (laughs) this postseason. What I'm trying to say is these dudes show up for the fourth quarter and out-execute their opponents on a reliable basis, from giving all the way down.
1: Kirk, with that, how do we explain that? Is it simply just being comfortable in any situation for the Miami Heat?
4: I think something like that. I mean, Heat culture, it was a joke until it wasn't, right? Right. And now it's not. (laughs) (laughs) I think it's like these guys have more stamina. I think the conditioning hasn't been brought up enough. I think they have the ability to go out there and play well, whether it's in Boston and Milwaukee and these really hard environments. And by the way, winning in Denver is no small feat by itself. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they not only just were down by eight points in that fourth quarter, that's the hardest place this postseason to win a game. And they did it uh, at altitude. So I think these the conditioning, I think, is a big part of it. But yes. Yeah, the follow the leader mentality. Is Jimmy going to be rattled? We all know he's not. Is Folster going to be rattled? No. Adebayo's been great in those moments. So I think it is Heat culture, and part of that Heat culture for me, guys, is just being at your best at winning time.
0: If Chris Carlin and Freddie Coleman asked Col- Kurt Colesbury, could the Miami Heat win this series, what do you say?
4: Uh, why, why the heck not? I mean, what have I seen since mid-April to, to, to de- help me de- doubt this team? Maybe game one, right? So – Coming out of game one, you're like, man, Denver's offense is too much. I, I don't see Miami's offense keeping up with this. Well, the defensive adjustments we saw in game two, the effectiveness of the zone, putting Jim, Jimmy Butler on Jamal Murray, and then when they're making their threes, guys, that's the formula. Butler on Murray, that two-three zone is just wonky enough to take the Nuggets out of the two-man game. And if those threes are going in, they can keep up with this Nuggets. That, that was the story. Uh, game two, they can keep up with this nugget team. So they can win the series. I'm not handing it to them, uh, but I feel a lot better about that prediction uh, in a world where they're making their threes like they did in game two. Kirk, great
1: stuff. Appreciate the Amen. time. Thanks very much. Appreciate y'all. Kirk Goldsberry, ESPN NBA analyst, former Spurs VP of strategic research. Joining us, it's Chris Carlin, Freddie Coleman, in for Greeny on m channel 80. Starting stronger, starts at AutoZone, where they've got battery solutions in the form of free battery testing, free battery charging, and replacement batteries that fit your needs. That's what makes them America's number one battery destination. Get in the zone, AutoZone. All right, your turn. 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. The question is simply exactly what Freddie just asked Kirk. Can the Miami Heat win this series? Let's go. Sam will start us off on ESPN Radio today. Sam, what's up, buddy?
0: Well, Kirk already took all my points, man. Geez, <laughs> that guy, right? Man. <laughs> no, no, I'm just kidding. You. Uh, thanks for taking my call, guys. I really appreciate it. Um, I don't know if you guys already discussed it, but I think it, how crazy it is that Miami won in Denver since they haven't won over there since, what, 2016? Mm-hmm. That, that's pretty incredible. Hey, put
1: it incredible this way. The, I saw this stat the other day. I saw the starting lineups. Josh McRoberts was in the step. Oh my was in the starting God. lineup for the Heat the last time they won in Denver. Oh, my
0: God. Really? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Gee. yeah that's, that's 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 crazy. So, yeah, I mean, this Heat team, uh, I, I don't know what it is. Uh, I don't know what's in the water over there in Miami, but <laughs> – they, they, they're they cooking something really special, and, and it's 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 made the finals really interesting, in my in my opinion. So you know, uh, thanks for taking my call, guys, and uh, enjoy the rest of your day.
1: Appreciate it, Sam. Thank you too. You. you know, Freddie, when you think about it, like, mm-hmm. we've seen the Patriots have had their culture. It's such an overused word, but it is true, uh, for so many years, be so successful. But I can't think of teams that were just... Mm-hmm. lacking the talent like the Heat do mm-hmm. that have that pay off in such a large way as it has yeah. over the last five, six years.
0: I'm going to use a Miami icon. Remember Bum Phillips, how he described Don Shula? What was the genius about Don Shula? Well, he could take his in and then beat Yun, and mm-hmm. then take Yun and beat his in. That's Eric Spolster. You give him whoever you want, and he says, I'll make it work. Well, you can't win with Jimmy Butler. Well, you can't win with all these undrafted free agents. You can't win with Bam Adebayo as your starting son. He's like, mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. he just nods and he makes it work that's a big part of the Heat culture they don't worry about who's not there they concern themselves with who is there and they're going to play to their strengths and try to take away your strengths and make you have to play to your weaknesses and we saw that in game 2 versus Denver
1: Ruben up next on ESPN Radio Ruben what's up buddy
0: not much good morning fellas thanks for taking my call Um, do the Heat have a chance to win this um, championship absolutely not because even if it goes game seven, we got five games left. It's one to one. The Heat
1: that can't pound it in. They don't have an inside outside game. I like the inside outside game of Denver. It hasn't worked uh yet. It will in the next couple of games. And I think that uh they can they what, maybe 3 pointers yesterday? How long is that gonna last? Well Ruben, what makes so you I'll so th- Denver all day long?
0: Ruben, real quick, what makes you so sure that Denver will be able to do the same thing? Because they did it in game one, and they barely beat Miami at the Survivor fourth quarter, and they tried it in game two, and Jokic at 41, and they still lost the leaves of 15-8. and eight. What makes you so sure can it, it's going to happen for the rest of the series in Denver's favor?
4: Well, Freddie, um, Denver didn't even play a very, very good game yesterday, and they only lost
1: by
0: three. Miami hit 18 three-pointers. That's definitely not going to happen one more game out of the next five. So I like uh, Denver's chances. I think their defense and offensively, the guys will step
1: up. And um, I think Denver should win in six. Well, be, be careful of the word definitely. But look, Denver's going to win this series. I have no question in my mind that that's going to happen. Okay, I just don't want to keep doubting. Like, I, this is the stat that has <laughs> just driven me up the wall. Here he comes. So, so this morning, Mount Carlin. <laughs> and I can't, get, I can't get past it. So this morning on the way in, I'm listening to the Hoop Collective. It's, it's Zach Lowe along with Brian Windhorse. And I believe Zach Lowe at one point... Called the Heat regular season an 82 game shooting slump. <laughs> and the Heat have been unbelievable shooting the basketball here in the postseason. Uh-huh. So, I, as much as I want to continue yeah. to believe in what happened during the regular season, uh-huh. this keeps happening. Why, why? How else can I explain it when this team has shot the ball? about as well as you could expect them to through this postseason run when they were a bottom 3-4 to four team in every shooting category except free throws during the regular season?
0: I'll answer that question real quickly this way. You only have one opponent to worry about in the playoffs. In the regular season, Eric Spolster is not going to show you exactly what he believes can make his team successful. and not trying to minimize what he does or trying to minimize the regular season, Chris, But anytime he's been able to single in on an opponent and dial that in, he makes that opponent play to their skill level. He makes that opponent play to their level of the heat culture. We saw it in the bubble, in the bubble-licious when they got to the NBA Finals. So whatever magic dust that he has, he makes it work in the playoffs because he doesn't worry about, okay, this night we got this team, that night. There's only so much you can game plan. But in the playoffs, you can really zone in on somebody and say, we're going to take that away, and you're not going to take away what we do best.
1: I really hate being conflicted in my own brain, as I have been, by the Miami Heat
0: throughout this postseason because
1: I – I honestly went into uh-huh. this series believing that they had a better chance to win game two because they would make adjustments because off of game one, let Jokic do what he does in terms of scoring. Don't let anybody else get involved. So I knew all that. Right. And yet I still sit
0: here and say, no, they're not winning this series. OK, no, you, here's why you could be wrong, because for the first time, Denver has to play off a loss at home. That hadn't happened before last night. They have not been a
1: great road team. They have
0: not been a great road team because, remember, in the Phoenix Suns series, 2-2 series. They lost in Phoenix in two of those games. Then they come back home. They got well. Then they closed them out in six. With the Lakers, they were never in danger, in my opinion. When they won the first two games, they felt the Lakers weren't going to hang with them. They only won game three. They knew that was over. If anybody's given them a tougher series before the first two games, it was Minnesota in the first round. All five of those games were bloodbaths involving both of those basketball teams. But they've never had to play – quote, from a tie situation after losing a game at home. I want to see how they respond to that going on the road because they lose game three. Also, you thought Mike Malone was upset after game two? Let him lose game three in Miami and see how upset he's going. Freddie, to be. I
1: swear to God, if they go up 3-1, if the Heat go up 3-1 in this series, I'm, I'm going to lose my mind. <laughs> it is Chris Carlin, Freddie Coleman, in for Greeny on ESPN Radio and on the ESPN app. We are presented by Progressive Insurance. Up next, what do Patrick Mahomes and Steph Curry
3: Tackle any challenge with Constant Contact's expert live customer support. Plus, everything's backed by their 30-day money-back guarantee. So get going and start growing your business today with a free trial at ConstantContact.com. Just go to ConstantContact.com right now. Constant Contact. Helping the small stand tall. ConstantContact.com. Ten seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships. Your skills. Your customer base.
0: 30 for 30 podcast, and Anscape presents
3: Through the Flames. Listen now wherever you get your podcasts.
1: Greeny, the podcast. Dynasties, dynasties, dynasties. I mean, we were even talking about the Denver Nuggets starting a dynasty before they've even won one yet last week on shame, the show, Freddie.
0: Shame.
1: Well... Here are the Miami Heat. They're Mm. not a dynasty, but they continue to play like this. It's Freddie Coleman, Chris Carlin, Invergreen, ESPN Radio, presented by Progressive Insurance. Progressive can protect your home, auto, boat, motorcycle, ATV, RV, and more. In short, a lot of things. Bundle today at Progressive.com.
0: I'm sorry, what? What, what, what? I'm sorry, What,
3: what? I'm sorry, What? I'm sorry. What?
1: Travis Kelsey of mm. the Chiefs on FanDuel TV asked, Are the Chiefs a dynasty already and how many rings? Will Patrick Mahomes win?
0: I would say, yeah. Where the
1: Kansas City has been a dynasty for quite a while now, and um, obviously I'm biased <laughs> to that. But I think
0: that uh, what Coach Reed has done, uh, when you put it up against what the Warriors have done,
1: obviously we don't have as many championships right now, so uh, we got some work to do. So I think Pat Mahomes is definitely going to find a way to get more than four championships. Hopefully, uh, I'm still along for the ride uh, by the time he gets there. Well, I don't know about that, Travis. I mean, he, mm-hmm. I don't know how. Listen, Travis is still a dominant player. I don't know how much longer he's going to be. But I can't argue with him. I okay. can't argue that, like, Patrick Mahomes is always, as LeBron James put it, is always going to be chasing ghosts, right? Sure. He's chasing Tom Brady, who is far down the line with seven championships. But there's no reason for me to think that Mahomes is not going to win okay. at least four championships in his career. In
0: fact, Freddie,
3: okay. at
1: this point, I'll be stunned if he doesn't win more than that.
0: See, I, I, I'm going to be cynical Freddie here. And as much as I love Patrick Mahomes and Kansas City, although if I'm Travis Kelsey, I'd be shooting off my mouth like that if I knew my quarterback was Patrick Mahomes. I'd feel very, very swole. Oh, <laughs> I got Patrick Mahomes. Oh, sure. We're going to win whatever. You feel damn good. I'd yeah. Feel, oh, no question. I would feel that way, too. It, Chris, you and I both notice, and you notice as well all the years that we talked about National Football League and how, cultures and everything like that. More than ever before in modern football, it is really hard to win playoff games, much less championships. I don't care how great you are when it comes to the infrastructure that the Kansas City Chiefs had. Prime example, what we hearing last year, you and I were talking about the NFL season. People talking about the Buffalo Bills, and I remember that Chris Carr looked at me and said, hey, Freddie, did Patrick Mahomes die? And I said, no, he didn't. <laughs> and he said, did the Kansas City Chiefs go on the ground? I said, no, they haven't. He said, well, until somebody beats them, then I'll buy it. And nobody beat them last year. And still they came a razor's thin way of winning a championship. As much as I love Patrick Mahomes to say four or five, I'm not gonna sign off for that because it's so hard more than ever before in modern times to win championships when everybody's gunning for you, especially in Kansas City. But when
1: you've got that guy, who is the centerpiece of everything. And I mean, you talk about making other guys better. All the, all he does, Freddie is make plays all over the field. And Mm -hmm. it almost doesn't matter who the receivers are.
0: I'm with you. I hear. And believe me, I was with you last year. We both in the same agreement. They lost Tyreek Hill. I said, as long as they got number 15 in red, they're, they're going to be fine. But when you're having to do that time and time and time and time and time and time again, and the league keeps getting better and better and better, and quarterbacks keep getting better, and our defensive schemes keep getting better. As great as a once-in-a-generation kind of quarterback that Mahomes has turned out to be, not is, has turned out to be, it's still going to be very difficult when the AFC is going to keep getting loaded each and every year.
1: All right, but are the Chiefs of Dynasty ready to you? I'm
0: going to say no, but it's bubbling.
1: See, for me, a dynasty is three. If you win three in like a span three of years. Yeah, if you win, I'll say three in six or seven years, okay. you're a dynasty. Okay. And you're knocking on the door every year. All right.
0: You're a dynasty. So I wouldn't that, say that they're there me. yet. Yeah, that sways me a little bit, that definition. I'm but
1: I, I I don't understand how they wouldn't turn out to be one. Mm-hmm. And I don't think they're bad to have. As much as we talk about wanting to see other teams win is that always the best thing? I don't. No. I, I always love sports better, Freddie. Right. When there's a target, sure. When there's yeah. somebody that I gotta go get,
0: right. I, I'm with, you. Know the difference between Kansas City being a potential dynasty in New England. Kansas is a fun dynasty to watch.
1: We all couldn't stand the Patriots.
0: Exactly. There's yeah. certain dynasties, like when the Bulls it's just get sick of them. Right. When the Bulls are doing their thing, nobody's really sick of Michael Jordan unless you lived in Indiana, New York, or Detroit. But everybody kind of loved that dynasty because it was eye candy. Golden State's a dynasty that people don't like, don't dislike, because Steph Curry and Klay Thompson are fun to watch, and Draymond Green is Draymond Green. Mm -hmm. Kansas City's the same way. They could be a potential dynasty. Unless you're in that division, they're a fun dynasty to watch. They're not like the Pages where they were the stormtroopers and everybody wanted them to fall. If Kansas City falls, like, oh man, that's too bad, but watch out for them next year. Kansas City won a championship, man, they're going to be around for a while because they're a fun potential dynasty that people like looking at. Cam, do you think they're a
1: dynasty yet? Do you think the Chiefs have reached that level yet? I think you got to get three. I think the minute they get a third, they are. They've also hosted, what, five straight AFC championship games? Mm-hmm. So they're as close as you can possibly be. But without the third, Is I think. Is it four no, or five? No.
0: It might, be, it might be five. I think it's five. five in in a row, yeah. Yeah. yeah, two versus the Patriots. Bubba, what two do you versus Cincinnati. Th- yeah, Bubba, Bubba, what do you
1: think? Uh, I think they are already right now. i I, I okay. think uh, I think when they're the, when they're literally the team that everyone's talking about having to beat, and like Cam said with the AFC championships and making the Super Bowls, I I, I just think they are. And I, I I just think we're not going to have what we used to have one minute of teams winning as many Super Bowls as we used to. So it's not right. quite as easy to get, you know. Three or whatever it was in the seventies and eighties and and stuff like that. So I think the definition of dynasty, I think, has changed. Okay. I think the chi- the Chiefs right now are a dynasty just based on what everyone's thought of them as. Okay, so the, the, we're seeing the fifth different NBA champion this year in a row. But in the midst of that, Golden State over a course of what eight years will won have four. won four. Yeah, one. I mean that that's clearly one to me. I I don't th- always believe as much as I want to see every team have a chance, I don't always believe it's for the best.
0: That's why Alabama's good for college football.
1: Everybody's got a target. Everybody's got something to aim toward, Mm -hmm. and now you can make the argument that Georgia is a new Alabama. Yes. That people are are now not treating – that Alabama finally has a target, which they have to chase after.
0: That's college basketball's problem. Nobody's doing that now. (sighs) Freddie, is being an
1: eight seed the biggest reason the Heat are where they are? That's next.
0: for listening to Greeny the podcast. You can listen live each weekday morning at 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio or watch the show through the watch tab on the ESPN app. Also catch Greeny on Get Up weekday mornings at 8 on ESPN and also available wherever you get your podcast.
3: 10 seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships, your skills, your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify.